Welcome to everyone. We're glad you're here this morning and I hope God's going to bless you in a very special way. Uh, we have some, uh, some guests with us this morning and uh, we hope that you'll feel very much part of our family today as we worship the Lord together. And we welcome you especially this morning to our, our fellowship. One of the things we like to do is to have a moment of fellowship with one another. It's always good to uh, express the love of Christ to one another. It's good to uh, meet new people and to uh, shake hands and, and uh, hug people that you, that you love to see. And, and so we invite you to do that. Stand up and turn around, shake the hands of the people around you. Find somebody you don't know and introduce yourself this morning. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets. They're on, on the uh, clipboard on the inside of each row. Uh, I'd like to ask if everyone would take that and to fill it out as completely as possible. And, and this is very important. We are transferring some information from different systems, and so we need to make sure that the information we have is very accurate. So if you would take the time to fill it out completely with your name and address and telephone number and email, email address and check the appropriate box on there uh, so we could have a record of your attendance and transfer that information correctly. Um, also, there are several things coming up this week, a couple of things coming up this week uh, I'd like to call to your attention. Um, first of all, on tomorrow, there will be an outing sponsored by the uh, Women's Mission Group. It will be a swimming party and a potluck dinner that will be at the home of Pat and Michelle Rising. And uh, their address is in your worship folder there, and that'll be at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Bring your family and uh, potluck and, and ha- enjoy a great time uh, tomorrow evening. And next Sunday, we've been talking about this for quite a while. Next Sunday, we will be going to um, uh, the Cotton Patch Gospel, which is a musical down in Grand Rivers, Kentucky. Um, there's a sign-up sheet down here, and today's the last day. If you need to sign up, you need to take care of that today because we need to finalize the number of tickets by tomorrow. Uh, so please uh, uh, sign up today if you haven't already. And we will leave here t- next week, next Sunday at 1 o'clock. That will give us enough time to get down there before the, the uh, performance begins at 3 o'clock. And then afterwards, we will have dinner at the famous Patty's Restaurant. Uh, the cost of the musical is $17, and the cost of your meal will be somewhere probably between $20 and $25, depending on what you get. Um, but uh, I've been looking forward to go, to go to Patty's. I've been hearing a lot about it, but I haven't been there yet, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to the Cotton Patch Gospel, seeing that again. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, musical. And I understand, Larry, you have some announcements to make? This Tuesday is the last Kids Quest of the year. Uh, the summer is almost here, and then that will be leave just one week before school, actually less than a week. And so this Tuesday we're meeting here at 10 o'clock. We ring a sack latch. It won't cost you anything. We're going swimming uh, at the Hogbergs. After the last part of that, we are going to start after we all will be start with uh, uh, Gaga at the beginning. We had people who didn't get that out of their system last week. At camp, and that's all we heard was ga 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 ga, and they wanted to stay a little bit longer before we left Tuesday because they said, well, "Can we go play one more game of ga ga?" So I said, "No, we'll do it at uh, Kids Quest." So we're going to do that this Tuesday. This will be it for the year. We're going to make vinyl things like key holder things for parents and things like that. It requires no painting. Some of you that were with us two weeks ago, if you're a mama, you didn't like probably that we had painting going on because it was everywhere. Uh, but there's no painting, no stuff like that this week, so you can not put them in those ugly things that you want to put them in. 
when they know they're going to do that. But this will be the last one. We urge you to sit them here if they need, make sure if they need a ride, make sure you let us know because we've been doing that every Tuesday and be glad to have them with us. Okay, I want to see a show of hands. How many of you think that life is busy? <laughs> Almost unanimous. Life is busy. And I think this summer has been a, an especially busy summer. And it's good to be busy for the Lord. It's good, it's good to be busy doing good things. And, and it's good to be busy in life. But you know what? It's also good just to take some time and to rest in the presence of God. That's what worship is all about, and that's why we are here, to take time aside from our busy, busy schedule of a life and rest in the presence of God. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us today. Fall fresh on us and break us, melt us, mold us, and fill us with your presence. Thank you, God, for your presence in our lives. Thank you for the privilege of coming into your presence as your people united with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ and experiencing the presence of your Spirit in our lives and taking the good news of Christ into the world and being your presence wherever we are in this place and beyond. In Christ's name, amen.
boys and girls, you need to come on down. Miss Mary is going to share with you right down here. Need somebody to help you? That's great. Wants to bring somebody with you? That's cool, too. Uh-oh, this is all set for Terry. Okay. I know there's more kids out there. Oh, here they come. Okay, here they come. Guys, I'm not actually Mary Dunham this morning. I'm Greg Gibson. I'm sorry, what? Okay. He's too old? Yeah, I feel like that sometimes too. That's okay. Well, you know what? I, like I said, I'm not Mary this morning. I'm Greg, Greg Gibson because Greg was scheduled today to do this, but he's not here today. <laughs> So he asked me to do it. Hmm. Oh. Oh, Okay, whatever. Well, I pulled something together. And, oh, yeah, that was funny. Dr. Tim was talking about how busy we are. Well, think about time. You guys thinking about time right now? Ariel, are you thinking about time? Okay. What's some ways you can tell time? When you have this feeling in your stomach and you hear a sound in your stomach, that tells you it's time to do what? Right. All right. Um, I can tell time if I look right here, right? I can tell time by this. What is this? It's my watch. Okay. Or a clock. Right. Well, look. This clock tells me it's 5 to 11. So it's time to do children's moment. Hmm. And this clock tells me it's 11. It's almost time for children's moment to be over. I know. This clock tells me it's 10 till 8, or no, 10 till 4. That's That's really wrong. But you know what? This also tells me that it's time to dust in the bedroom. (laughs) I know. And the the calendar tells us um, that it's time to celebrate birthdays. And we did that for my mom on Friday. It was her 75th birthday. So that's what the calendar tells us. All right, but you guys... You know what? I looked in the newspaper this morning. What are you all thinking right now? What is it time to do? Why? Why? <laughs> Look at this. Office Depot tells me there's siblings, sizzling school savings. I know. And um, Dan's, don't know what this is, it tells us back to school. And look here, here's Best Buy. Knowledge for college. Back to school. Time, time, time. Walgreens. What? Back to school. Our favorite Target. Back to school. Do you know what? Somebody is always with you all the time. Jerry, did you know that? I know. You know? Okay, look at this. This book says, all the time, I am trusting you, O Lord, my time, my times are in your hand. Do you think Dr. Tim feels that way when he's getting ready to uh, bring his message to us? Do you feel like that? Yeah. It says, what time is it? Is it early in the morning? Is it early in the morning? It is, isn't it? Is it late in the afternoon or evening? No matter what time it is, you can say, 
I am trusting in you, O Lord. Now, you guys getting kind of nervous to go back to school? Your first grade, so you're not nervous at all? Some of us have to go back into a new school or a new classroom. You're still in South Heights and you're not nervous at all? Okay. Let's remember, oh, the Lord our God with, with, is with us all the time. He is with us in good times and bad times. Everything is in his hands. That means he is in charge and will take care of things all the time. Name times when God will help you. Name times when God will take care of you. Ariel, do you have a time when God has taken care of you? Ever? Did he take care of you and help you up here this morning? He did, didn't he? How about you? Yes? Does he help you? All right. You guys want to say a prayer with me real quick? All right. Bow your heads and get real quiet. And hands to yourself. Okie dokie. God help me get through this children's moment. Dear God, thank you for using... Oops. Thank you for taking care of everything all through the day and all through the night. God bless these children and be with them as they enter new classrooms, new schools, and make new friends. And guess what? Now it's time to go back to your seats. I did forget a clock. Our next hymn was selected by a member of our congregation. They were anonymous, and they put their name on, put it on a slip of paper, and put it in our favorite hymn box. And we do those on Sunday mornings, but it doesn't have to be a part of our theme in any kind of way. But we just do it because somebody loves it. We let you remain seated as we sing 149. We'll be singing the first and the third verses of that blessed Redeemer. You remain seated as we sing that 149.
We thank Tanya Belcher for being with us today. Gina's, I mean, uh, uh, Jika is going to be away a couple of times, and uh, we're just delighted that she can be with us. We also thank you for adjusting without the screen and the video and all those kind of things. Our video dude is gone today. And so we have, have to use those hymn books again. And for some of you, that makes it a little bit more complicated, but we appreciate you hanging in there and adjusting that with us. We'll be singing Love Lifted Me, the first and second verses of that, and then that chorus. Uh, if you were in youth choir several years ago, you know the heart of worship very well. If you've been on trips, they've done that a lot on those other things. We've done it a couple of times in worship. Just do the best you can because it's a fantastic melody and uh, the best, one of the best texts there is in the world. 546, love, listen to me. Let's stand together as we do that.
king of English world. No one is how much you deserve. The one we can put all I have is yours. Every single breath, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. one more. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. All about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made when it's all about you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your gathering us here today so that we can give thanks and praise your name. Father, please continue to work miracles in our life, Father. Please forgive us for when we fail you, and please bless these tithes and offerings. In your holy name, amen.
I apologize for bringing out the cheap guitar today, but I needed something familiar because Barb's not here. And so I just decided that, yeah, I still get nervous whenever I do this sort of thing, so I guess you ought to let me do it a little more often. I give Larry fits because whenever he does give me an opportunity to do this, he says, what are you going to do? And I don't know <laughs> until I get up here. I had so many options I went through all week long. And then I got to thinking, well, there was one song that really hit me hard whenever uh, whenever Brother Tim was talking about the Virginia Tech stuff. And I kept wondering about, you know, how how do you make sense of all this stuff and everything. And on the way home, I was listening to an Alan Jackson album, Precious Memories, and this one particular song just really hit me nice. I mean, it just kind of uplifted me and everything. And so I'd like to share that one with you, and then I've got another one after that if you've got time. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There is light for a look at the Savior, and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strange. In the light of His glory and grace From death into life everlasting He passed and we follow Him there For us death no more has And more than conquerors we are. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in light of His glory. His words will not fail you, He's promised. Believe that all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, the salvation story to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look
This one was one that it, about three days I sat down and I wrote it because I was watching news. And as a child that used to like to listen to protest songs in the 60s and such, I wrote it. And the second day that I looked at it, I said, mm, man, it sounds angry. And then the third day, I sent it to Brother Tim to get his kind of opinion of it. And I got to thinking, it's not so much anger, it's just a plead, you know, kind of uh, asking, so to speak. It's called a star. There are songs we like to sing. Stories about a king Come to show us how to live Told us we ought to get along Said together we could all be strong Look up at a midnight sky And I make a wish I won't see a star like one led them guys to Jesus Take a break from hate Sit him down between us Swear to go the distance No matter how far I won't see a star Lord send me the star Got folks that don't even know me Call me evil incarnate Some want what I got Even take that off my plate If I let you be you Won't you let me be me Teach our children to be true Give them something to believe I want to see a star Lead a wise man to Jesus Take away this hate Got stuck between us Swear to preach a difference No matter how far I want to see a star Lord, send me a star Lord, send me a star. Thank you for listening. We have worshipped already today. We've been worshipping since we got here this morning. Let us continue to worship the Lord as we hear a reading from God's Word. It comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, beginning with verse 38 and reading through 42. 
Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by so many things. Only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of God for you and for me. Once upon a time, many years ago, there lived a king who had a beautiful daughter. This princess had many offers of marriage, but she couldn't make up her mind. Being a romantic girl, she wanted a man who would love her more than he loved anything else in the world. And so finally, she devised a way to test the love of her suitors. An announcement was made and sent throughout all the kingdom that on a certain day there would be a race. And the winner of that race would marry the princess. The race was open to every man, everyone in the kingdom, regardless of his position. And all that was required was that this man had to love the princess more than he loved anything else. Well, on the chosen day, men, rich and poor, gathered at the starting line. And each man was told that the princess was waiting at the finish line. Whoever crossed the finish line first would take her as his bride. However, just before the race was to begin, the king made another announcement. Not wanting any man to run in vain, the king had liberally scattered some of his finest treasures along the course. There were necklaces and pendants, jewel-encrusted cups, swords and knives, gemstones and rings, and each runner was welcome to take as many items as he liked. Then the race began. One by one, the runners, princes and paupers alike, turned aside to fill their pockets and to carry off whatever treasures they could carry. Blinded by the promise of immediate wealth, they forgot the princes and all of their professions of love. All that is, except for one. This man persistently pressed on, ignoring the treasures along the way, considering them to be mere trinkets when compared to the incomparable beauty of the princess. And finally, he crossed the finish line. The winner. Only one was victorious, and that was because he kept his eye on the prize. Jesus was visiting in the home of two sisters, Mary and Martha. Many of you will probably remember how the story went. All day long, Martha has been sweeping and scrubbing and dusting and checking recipes and darting in and out of the kitchen, frantically preparing the food and putting the place in order for this special occasion. Every moment is precious now 
Time is a wasting. So much to do. So many details to cover. And then Jesus arrives. And look what happens. Mary whisks in to take over as hostess. She welcomes Jesus and his disciples and, and, and ushers them into the living room. And there seems to be a certain urgency about this moment. We see the master is on his way to Jerusalem. And many think that there will be a confrontation there with the officials. He begins to talk to his friends. He has so much to tell them, so much to teach them. And so little time. They listen attentively. Especially Mary. Mary has positioned herself at the feet of Jesus and she is drinking in his every word. How good to have him here. How good to hear him again. How good it is just to be in his presence. Meanwhile, Martha is out in the kitchen. Slaving away, preparing the meal, polishing the silverware, cutting up the fruits and vegetables, checking the last minute details, doing the 101 things which in her super efficient mind needed to be done. But here's the problem. All the while Martha is working feverishly, she is Seething inside. Her indignation mounts. She gets more and more aggravated, more and more frustrated. She feels more and more put upon, more and more stressed out. Where is Mary? Why isn't she here helping me? Who does she think she is anywhere, anyway, sitting out there with our guests and leaving all the dirty work to me? Surely Jesus can see the injustice of this situation. And finally, unable to contain herself any longer, her resentment erupts and she bursts out of the kitchen into the living room and she makes a scene. Have you ever been in a scene before? Martha makes a scene. She cries, look at this, Lord. I'm having to do all of this work here. Don't you care that my sister Mary has left me to serve all alone? You get on to her now. You tell her to get out here in the kitchen and help me. But look at what Jesus says to her. Martha, Martha, don't be so worried and troubled about so many things. Relax. Chill out. Lighten up a little bit. Only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. End of story. I'm sure that those of you who are committed homemakers can probably appreciate her irritation. Particularly if you have, shall we say, a less than motivated sister. 
Surely the master would take Martha's side on this issue. But this is what the Lord said to her. Martha, Martha, you're you're worried, you're upset about so many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better and that will not be taken away from her. Well, Mary's only done one thing. She sat to the feet of Jesus. But notice that that one thing was enough to draw Jesus's praise. It's a priceless story with a a very important message. And the message is that you can't work your way into the kingdom of God. You can only receive it. Pastor John Gable tells about Al and Betty Johnson, who live on a farm about 200 miles northeast of Rapid City, South Dakota. Now, South Dakota is a sparsely populated state, and Rapid City is not that large of a city itself. Um, In fact, it is said that it isn't the end of the world, but you can see it from there. And needless to say, living 200 miles out beyond the city, there isn't a Walmart on every corner. So whenever the Johnsons have reason to go into the city, they keep a running list of all of the things that they need to do while they're in town. Well, a while back, Betty's mother was flying in for a visit, and so Al made a list of all the things that he needed to do on his way to the airport to pick up his mother-in-law. Then when he finally got back home later that night, he was so pleased to tell Betty about all that he had accomplished. He'd gotten new, new tires on the truck. He found everything on her list at the mall in the grocery store. He'd even bought her a new dress that he couldn't wait to show her. But finally she interrupted him and said, Al, where's mom? Well, poor Al's face turned ashen and then red. And and it seems that in his determination to complete all of the things on his list, he had totally forgotten to go to the airport and pick up his mother-in-law. He had forgotten the only real person or real purpose for going into town in the first place. Can you relate? <laughs> Poor Al. It's, it's easy to do, isn't it? You ever gone into a room and went, Now, why was I coming in here? It's easy to be so busy that you forget the one thing that you're supposed to do. Well, Martha was hurrying around doing all those things, those little things that are so important to someone having guests in her home. And we know that Jesus appreciated all of her efforts. Mary and Martha had become two of Jesus's best friends, closest friends, and and it was with great kindness that Jesus gently scolded Martha. In fact, he sus- I suspect that he did it with a smile on his face. Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing is needed. Only one thing is needed. My friends, there is so much truth packed into those two little words. 
one thing. Because truly only one thing is needed and Christ is that one thing. There's a time-honored story about a young man fresh out of seminary who was called to his first pastorate in a small farming community. And having to preach every Sunday was quite a challenge for this young man who was accustomed to the, the world of academia. He was not accustomed to the world of small, a small country church. And, and so each Sunday he preached sermons that were little more than Long quotations taken directly from his seminary notes, his classroom notes, dry and academic stuff, to be sure. The congregation was used to having ministers fresh out of seminary. They were accustomed to this. In fact, over the years, they had become quite patient and tolerant. They understood themselves as a congregation gifted with the task of training young ministers in the realities of church life. But months went by as this congregation waited for this young man to work his way into the position as pastor and teacher. And then one Sunday, the the deacon who prepared the sanctuary for the service left a note on the pulpit. One small piece of paper. And on this piece of paper, he wrote a simple Bible reference. John 12, 21. That's all it said. John 12, 21. Well, the young minister arrived not long afterwards, and he too went into the sanctuary to prepare for the morning service. And he saw that note sitting up on the pulpit and read John 12, 21. A curious thing to find in the pulpit, he thought. And so he quickly thumbed through his Bible and found the passage which read, Sir... We wish to see Jesus. My friends, Christ is that one thing that is needed. And I think that Mary understood that intuitively because Christianity is not about doing good deeds, even though that's what uh, uh, that is a major witness to our faith. In fact, the best Christians that I know of are continually doing acts of love and and, and charity for others. Christianity is not all about keeping the commandments, even though the best Christians that I know of try to keep the, the commandments as best they can, especially the one about loving their neighbors as they love themselves. So what exactly is Christianity about? Well, I believe that Christianity at its very heart is the recognition that Jesus Christ is the Lord of life. That's what it boils down to. The recognition that Jesus Christ is the Lord of life. Jesus is our master and our savior. So what do you need to be a part of God's kingdom? Well, here it is. Be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, because in Christ we see God's will. Many years ago, Dr. John Claypool preached a remarkable series of sermons related to the illness and death of his daughter. And in one of those sermons, Claypool tells about receiving as a Christmas gift a book by J.B. Phillips called When God Was Man. 
The book was written in the 1950s. John Claypool was reading this book and happened to leave it open on a chair in his den. And he and his wife went out for the evening. A lady from the community came to babysit their young son. But when they came home after their night out, Claypool said that he could tell as soon as he walked in the door that the babysitter was very excited. She picked up his book and she began to wave it around and ask, is it true? When did it happen? What was he like? And Claypool said, to be honest, he was taken aback because he knew this person. She was a very active person in her local church. She even sang in the choir. So he was very surprised that the title, When God Was Man, would have come to such a surprise, as such a surprise to her. But as they began to talk, he discovered that for all her years of churchly activity, somehow the word had never reached her that at one point in history, God did become a human being. That is, the one who is eternal entered into time and space. The one who had always inhabited the heavens chose to come and live as a human being upon this earth. And as they talked about this event, she asked all kinds of questions as to what it meant. They talked late into the night as the woman excitedly came to grips with the awesome idea That God had become human for her sake. So I ask you today. Have you ever come to grips with that truth in your own life? I know that many of you are engaged in in doing good works, both at home and in community and other places like Nada, Kentucky and beyond that. You're responsible, hardworking, law-abiding people, and I'm, I'm thankful for you every single day. But do you still have an emptiness within? Do you sometimes feel that you've lived your life in vain? Do you hunger for something more? Or maybe it has something to do with our understanding of Christ. For you see, Jesus is more than simply a good teacher or preacher. And Jesus is more than a a prophet. Christ is the very source of our lives. And he is the promise of new life in God's Holy Spirit. Someone has described him like this. To artists, he's the one altogether lovely. To architects, he is the chief cornerstone. To doctors, he is the great physician. To preachers, he is the word of God. To philosophers, he is the wisdom of God. To the dying, he is the resurrection and the life. To geologists, he is the rock of ages. To farmers, he is the Lord of the harvest. To professors, he is the master teacher. To prodigals, he is the forgiving parent. To lost sheep, he is the good shepherd. To thirsty souls, he is the water of life. To the hungry, he is the bread of life. And to philanthropists, he is God's unspeakable gift. Let me tell you a true story of someone who came to see in his own life who Christ is. Walt 
was a 16-year-old street-tough young man in Brooklyn, New York. He remembers, my parents were good people, but they didn't have much money. We looked out our windows on streets smelling of garbage. I went to school every day, but I was illiterate. Like most of my friends, I joined a gang and eventually became its leader. And then one evening, Walt stood with his friends in Prospect Park. They were waiting to fight another rival gang that didn't show up. But as Walt and his friends walked out of the park, they saw a man standing there on the street corner preaching of all things in the middle of New York City. He was saying how God loved us and, 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 and could forgive us and how life could change. We started mocking him, he said, because there was nothing else to do. And I never saw that man again. But later that evening, he writes, I was overwhelmed by a presence that I didn't even know enough to call Christ. That night, I fell into a deep sleep during which I dreamed that the garbage outside of my window was turned into roses. And when I woke up, I knew that my future would be different. That's the testimony of Dr. Walter Ungerer who is the pastor of First Presbyterian Church in Kokomo, Indiana. I was overwhelmed by a presence I didn't even know enough to call Christ. My friends, have you discovered that presence in your life? Now, I know that many of you are very busy people. We took that poll earlier on, didn't we? We're busy in church. We're busy in community, at work, in our family life. We're productive people, successful. But the question is, have you found the one thing that is needed? That one thing that will transform your life and give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. And what is that one thing? Well, I think we should take a clue from Mary. The most important thing that you can do is to take a few moments each day and sit at the feet of Christ. Make the Lord your first priority in life and enjoy the transforming spirit that Jesus wants each of us to have. Only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the better way. Amen. We have come to that portion of our service where we will celebrate the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. And we invite you all to participate in this. It is open to all who are part of the family of God. And we invite you to participate in the Lord's Supper uh, as we remember the death and resurrection of Christ. You see here on the table, we have the bread and the cup, and we would ask that you would come beginning in the back row down the middle aisle, take a piece of bread and then move to either side and dip the bread in the cup and then eat the bread and the cup together. And if our assistants can come and, and be with us uh, and prepare for this, I think it's important for us to do this uh, in remembrance because that's what the Lord's Supper is all about. It's also important for us, as we've been talking about today, 
to do this as a way of moving ourselves out of our busyness for a little while and just enjoy the presence of Christ, just experience the presence of Christ. And because of that, you know, words can get in the way often. Words can can confuse things sometimes, and sometimes we just need to be quiet and be still. And so I want to ask that we all do this in silence. No words, no music, nothing. Just take the body and the cup, the blood of Christ, and experience God's presence. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread and he, gave, and he broke it and gave thanks and said, This is my body which is given for you. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup. He said, This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant. Take and drink this, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he... special it is merely to be in the presence of God. Amen and amen. I think that should conclude our service today. Anything beyond here would be anticlimactic. And so let us leave this place having known that we have been in the presence of God And as we go from this place, God goes with us. Amen.